0: Welcome back to Field Notes by Ag Choice, an educational podcast focused on inspiring growth in our families, businesses, and rural communities. Thanks for listening. I'm Rachel Sadezen, and with me is Devin Winklowski. Devin owns and operates a two-acre hop farm in western Pennsylvania, which he started in 2020, called Tufel Hunden Hops Company. Devin is also a 2021 recipient of the AgChoice Farm Credit Jumpstart Grant, which awarded 15 startup farmers with a $10,000 grant. Devin, thanks for joining the podcast.
1: Hello, Rachel. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you here today. And I also want to congratulate you on pronouncing our company's name correctly.
0: It's a hard one. So I'm proud of myself. Now, Devin, there is a lot more to your story than what I shared there in that short introduction. Could you tell our listeners a bit more about yourself and how you became a hops farmer?
1: Sure, I'd be happy to, Rachel. I'm a, a native Pennsylvanian. So I was born in Western Pennsylvania. I was born in Latrobe, PA but I grew up on a farm in Derry Township. And then when I graduated from high school, I went off into the military and served about 22 years in the Marine Corps. And my family, both my sisters and my brother and my parents continued to farm in Pennsylvania. So when I retired from the Marine Corps and came back to the area, I really wanted to get back into what my family heritage was and what my family had been doing which was farming. The Marine Corps made me a lawyer, and and I loved the law, I loved helping people, but I really longed to do something that was more in my roots. I considered what possibilities were out there, and really, it was a confluence of three things. One was, I looked at the Pennsylvania craft brewing boom that was happening about that time and that Pennsylvania was really becoming one of the top three states where craft breweries were springing up everywhere. Second was people were really interested in local ingredients. And third, like I mentioned, I had a farming background. So I kind of hatched this idea to farm hops. I approached my brother-in-law with this crazy plan. You know, a couple of years later, Here we are, two years and 1,500 hop plants later, we have our our Truffle Hunden Hops Company business.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Congratulations on how you got to where you are today, Devin. Thank you. So, Devin, you are the first hops farmer that we've had on our podcast, and I'm sure our listeners, uh, like myself, are interested in learning more about hops farming. So, for those of us with limited knowledge, could you share a bit more about how hops are grown, how they're processed, and then how you market your product?
1: Sure. And I'm, I'm honored to be the first hop farmer. I hope I won't be the last on your show, but I'm glad that I could share some information about hops in general and how they're grown. A lot of people may know that hops are a main ingredient in beer. Beer has four main ingredients. That's water, barley, yeast, and hops. And hops usually adds the bitter flavor to the various types of beer. As a plant, hops are perennials. You put a rhizome in the ground. It's primarily a root. Its growing season is from about March through September. And it shoots up what are called vines. They're not vines, they're vines because they have these little prickly things that can attach to cord that comes down from a trellis. So we built a trellis that has 18 foot poles and wire system, a cable system, about 18 feet in the air. And um, we have what's called coir that comes down from the wires up at the top and goes to the root of the plant. And like I said, the plant has a vine that grows up and spirals around the coir. And from that vine, it produces cones. And the cones are what contain really the, the flavoring and the, the substance that's used in the beer. So we harvest it, cut down the binds, we feed them through a harvester so that we shake off the cones. We take the cones and we put them in what's called an oast, which is really just a fancy name for a dryer. We dry them down to about 8% and then we put them into a pelletizing system. So we put them through a hammer mill, we powder them, we pelletize them and then package them into sealed packaging. And the pellets are what are marketed. They're what the brewers use for their particular brews. And, you know, before we sell them, we, we send them off to a lab to get a chemical profile because really the acids and the oils that are contained in the hops are what the brewers want to see to make their own flavor recipe for their particular kind of beer that they want to craft. So that's important. So that's kind of the lifespan of a hop. It, it goes from being the perennial plant that's in the ground in the trellis system, the hop yard the whole way through pelletizing into into the brew that you get at your local craft brewery.
0: That is a fascinating process there, Devin. And binds, I did not know that one. So you learn something new every day.
1: The Ohio Hop Growers Guild, they refer to it as binds to steins. So for, from the bind on the, you know, in the hop yard to the stein on your table.
0: Binds to steins. I like it. Now, Devin, you know, I know you had mentioned earlier there that you grew up in a farming family, but obviously starting the hops farm was an entirely new endeavor for you. What did you find most challenging in your quest to begin farming and what resources did you find helpful in getting started?
1: I think hop farming in a lot of ways for at least for farmers in the eastern part of the United States is an entirely new endeavor, not just for me, but for even for established farmers who are trying to diversify their operations. So it's something that's new. I think it's something that's growing, but you're absolutely right. It was an entirely new endeavor. And so I think what was challenging about it was because of the scale that we were looking at, which is relatively small, two acres is really not very much compared to the big hop growers that are up in the Northwest of the United States. One, it was trying to find people who had started hopper operations or had started hop yards of about the same size and the difficulties they had faced and just location and soil type and what type of materials were best to use to build the trellis. Because basically we were putting 80 telephone poles into the ground with aircraft cable in the air. And that is not something you normally do in the middle of a pasture identifying materials knowing the right place to put it establishing the yard itself was challenging uh, and then putting a cost figure to that as well you know how much does it cost really to do this from the ground up you know if i already have some materials or some equipment you know how does that remove those costs from the equation but then when you're talking about equipment the, the other thing that was challenging to look at was specialty equipment for this particular kind of crop you know, you're working up in the air in a trellis. And what type of platform system do you need that's mobile to be able to work with the binds? What type of harvester do you need? There's a specialty harvester for removing the cones from the binds. And then all of the processing equipment, like the dryer and the pelletizing system, where do you get those? How much do they cost? Is there a market for used equipment? Those type of things. And what really helped a lot was other local farmers, not just Pennsylvania, but Ohio and New York, where there's a burgeoning hop farming groups. They were extremely helpful and forthcoming with information and cooperation and best practices. They were wonderful to work with. That's pretty typical in the farming community in general, I think. But among hop farmers, because it is so new, everyone was really willing to share best practices and tips and things to avoid. The other thing that was very helpful were organizations that were like the Ag Extension Services and the Colleges of Ag, particularly at Michigan State University and Ohio State University. They have really well-established programs directed at hop farmers. And then there's a national organization that has has started to look more at small hop farmers, and that's USA Hops. That's the Hop Growers of America. And they have a lot of resources out there for folks like me who are starting a new endeavor. So challenging, but there are resources out there that were available to me and to my partner to make sure that we were going the right direction.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. Certainly a a steep learning curve there, Devin, you're right, but at least there are some resources to help you as you were getting started. Now, Devin, you know, Tufel, Hunden, Hops Company is, you know, a young business. You, you just started this just a couple of years ago. What do you envision for the future? You know, what does the next 5, 10, 15, you know, years look like, Devin?
1: Pennsylvania is really growing in the craft brewing area. There are grants available from the state. As of 2020, Pennsylvania ranked third in the number of craft breweries with 444 and growing. Some people don't realize that Pennsylvania is second in the country as far as the economic impact of craft brewing with over $5.5 billion in economic impact. So that says a lot about the market for the ingredients for beer. And it is lined up with our objective, which is let's provide local ingredients to local brewers so that they can make these fantastic beers. You know, it's funny, I just happened to get the latest copy of Pittsburgh Magazine because we're in the Pittsburgh area. And the cover article is the brewery boom. So it doesn't look like it's going to end anytime soon. So with respect to your question about where are we headed with our business, it's short term is we want to get quality local hops to our local craft brewers. In other words, we want to get our hops in their beers and then see what they think and get their feedback and ask questions and learn a lot more about what they want to see as far as the quality of hops, the chemical profile and the flavor profiles of hops and what we can do to work together with them to produce hops that they want to use in their beers and really refine our production and processing midterm i think we're really looking at let establish regular customers work together with them maybe to produce specialty brews that in, include just our hops we want to get known for being the local hop producer for the local beers and then long term you know uh, 10 to 15 years we're considering expanding the yard. Uh, Maybe adding a few more varieties or increasing the number of plants we have of our current varieties, improving our processes, improving our product, improving our fining area, really getting our name out there as a recognized name for quality hops in the area. And this is long, long term. And it's another crazy idea that um, my brother-in-law and I have been talking about is maybe even expanding beyond hops and into malt barley. And malt barley is not difficult to grow. It's one of those four ingredients that's needed in beer. And, you know, maybe that's another direction for our agricultural operations. So there's a lot ahead of us, but I am encouraged that we can uh, we can get it done over the next years.
0: Yeah, exciting times ahead, Devin. And we'll certainly have to, to follow you along to, to see how the business grows.
1: You are welcome to, Rachel. No problem. <laughs>
0: As we wrap up here, Devin, could you share one piece of advice you have for someone who is interested in getting started farming or starting an agricultural business of any type?
1: I would have three pieces of advice. One is plan, plan ahead. And when I say plan ahead, that means don't just plan for the next year or two, plan for 10 years or 15 years. Where do you want this operation to be? where do you see yourself at that time and be realistic what weaknesses are you facing what challenges do you face and don't downplay them be realistic about it because if you're not realistic when you do face those challenges you're not going to be prepared to overcome them and work within your means so when you're planning make sure that you understand that you have limits to what you can do and work within those means so that's first i'd say second is persist be flexible in what you are doing just in case you encounter some of those rough patches, but do not give up. If you put enough effort into planning and you put enough effort into a vision, well, then it's worthwhile and you should persist at it and and not give up on it. Um, If it's meaningful to you, go for it, you know, keep going with it. And finally, I'd say, listen, keep your ears open for what other people have done, even if it's not in exactly the same area that you're considering. You can pick up tips from all kinds of people in all areas if you keep your ears open and listen. And that includes asking questions. Don't be afraid to be the one who asks a question. Who cares if it's been answered already? If you don't have the answer, then that's what matters. So don't be afraid to ask questions and even reach out and ask for help if needed. Part of being successful is recognizing that you don't know certain things. So listening is an important piece of it.
0: Those are three great pieces of advice there, Devin. So uh, finally, as we wrap up here, could you tell our listeners where they can find you online to learn more about your business as well as connect with you?
1: Sure. We have a website, which is tofulhundenhops.com. And we also have a Facebook page. And of course, as everyone does an Instagram, you'll recognize our logo. It has a dog with a hop vine over top of it and a big old hop. and You know, we welcome anyone to visit us. I'm in charge of updating it, and my daughter also has a a role to play in keeping it updated. So we try and update it with pictures and information, but if it's not current, don't worry. We're still here. We're still we still know it's out there and we're still trying to update it. But you're certainly welcome to visit us nonetheless on any of those platforms.
0: Wonderful. Well, Devin, thanks so much for sharing your story with us here today. And congrats again on being one of our recent grant recipients.
1: Rachel, thanks very much for having me. And and I just also want to say thanks so much to Ag Choice Farm Credit for your support and your interest in my operation, but also your support and interest in all young and beginning farmers. It, It really does mean a lot. So thanks to you. Thanks to Ag Choice Farm Credit for your support.
0: Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review, plus subscribe and share it with a friend. As always, you can head over to AgChoice.com slash podcasts to view the transcript and listen to other episodes. To catch all the latest from us, follow along on Facebook and Instagram at AgChoice Farm Credit.